Allen takes the snap. Now he'll keep it himself. Running to his left. He runs up inside the numbers. Gets to the 40. Cuts to his left to the 30. 25-20. Big man inside the 15. Sidelines inside the 5. Touchdown, Bills. And snowballs go flying in the air yet again. Shotgun snap to Mayfield. Sets, throws, right side. Catch at midfield. Breaking a tackle is Palmer. Down the right sideline. Bears across the field. He's going to go. Couple of the key moments from the two playoff games that wrapped up Super Wild Card Weekend. The games were fun to watch. The outcomes, only one was within a score. The Lions beating the Rams by one point. The rest of them were Yeah, domination. One point blowout. Right. Right? Nineteen right. points on Saturday night. 16 points in the Cowboys-Packers game. Which, which was way more than felt, that. And as a, it was yeah. a lot worse than that. Right. 14 points, Bills, Steelers, and yeah. then last night, that debacle, that disaster. And we're going to start with that disaster Whoa. on this edition of PFT Live here on Peacock, Sirius XM 85, Sky Sports NFL, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now. Now. We haven't talked. To, we we got we got to talk about something. Okay. Yesterday after the show. Oh wow. We got okay. To have a conversation. Okay. Cool. It happened after the I, show. Know, I thought I, I thought I knew you well. Right. But I know you even better now. Okay. I know you even better now. <laughs> yes, you're right. I forgot about this. I didn't so, even tell anybody. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't either. I wanted it to be completely fresh when we have this conversation today. So the show ends on Monday, and I'm in the studio, and I still have my dressing room from the day before because. I change from whatever I was wearing to the airport into a shirt, and we do the show, and I leave my stuff in the dressing room. And so we usually talk afterward, and typically what happens is because you were there late on Sunday night and you don't do your podcast on Monday in season, you head home, you go down the hallway, I go in, I change, I go. Well, today you came along with me and down by the dressing room, and there's a bench outside the dressing room that I use, and – you put your bag down, and there's a couple of bathrooms there. Right. So I figure, well, Chris has to take care of business before he goes home, which yeah. is fine. So I hung around because I was doing Dan with- Patrick, so that's that's why I did hang oh, around. Okay. That, that's what it okay. was. Yep. Go ahead. Okay. All right. All right. So, but but you still went to the bathroom. Yes, I did. Before, yes. Before you did dance show. Right. So we've got these two bathrooms on either end of the the, the, the dressing hallway. area hallway. Right. Yeah. You, but there's the it's hard to explain, but it's really pretty simple. There's dressing rooms down one hallway, and then there's like it's like U-shaped, and then there's a bathroom and a bathroom, and then dressing rooms up the other end. So there's two bathrooms, and they're, they're great bathrooms. The only problem is there's no way of knowing whether or not they're occupied unless you try the door and it's locked right. because it's incumbent upon the person who's on the inside of the bathroom to – you know, lock the door, lock the door. <laughs> and that's always one of my great fears because right. you can't really tell if you've locked the door. Right. And I've been in there before and it's like, did I lock it? Yeah. It's all like, cause it's not it, like, it's at a normal it. spot where it's like, Oh, it's like that when it's locked. And it's like that when it's open, it's weird. It's one of those where it's like, right. if it's locked, it's like this way for some, right, right. It is. It's weird. There's no way to know. There isn't the normal latch. Yes. There isn't the, the deadbolt. There isn't anything right. that tells you it's locked. And it's a weird position. And in the two bathrooms, it's different. Yeah, it is. It where, is. Where it, and you have right. to like, is it really locked? Is it not locked? Right. Do I go this way? Do I go that way? So that's been my great fear that I'll be in there and I will have 
failed to lock the door. <laughs> so, 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 be that as it may, I come out of the dressing room, and before the 45 minute or so ride to the airport, I figure, you know, I'm pushing 60. I should probably empty my bladder so it's a more enjoyable car ride. And your bag was by in the, the first bathroom, right? Of the first bathroom. So, I reasonably assume Christopher is in the first bathroom. I will go to the second bathroom. (laughs) That was my mistake. (laughs) Your mistake was not locking the damn door. So, to my surprise and to Chris's surprise, I open the door and (laughs) someone is sitting on the commode with his phone phone. and just looks up. And I was like, up. Uh, oh, you said oh, you actually said oh oh no you actually said oh shit <laughs> that's what you said you didn't even know what to do because you like barely saw me and you froze you didn't know what to do and you're like oh shit you your eyes were like this I though. know because you're I like- heard it I heard the as you like you said you're you you there's no way to know if the door is locked so people walk by and jiggle the door all the time right so. I heard the jiggle of the handle, and I went, oh, I mean, this is normal protocol. And then the door opened, and I was like, wait, this person's coming in here? And, and then I realized I didn't, I didn't lock the door. You didn't. And here's why I didn't lock it. And that bathroom, I don't know if you've ever noticed, it has like a weird light sensor problem, right? It's one of those rooms where you go yeah. in, and the sensors notice you're on, and then it comes on. Well, it's, And then it, it goes off. It goes right off, right? So it, it would go pitch black, and I'd been in there before, like, taking a pee or whatever, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm in the dark. I can't see. I hope I'm hitting the target, right? And yeah. so, nonetheless, I was playing with that, waiting for it to stay on because I was like, wait, I don't want to sit here in the dark, and we'll, you know, and and so within playing with that, I forgot to lock the door, and therefore we had our, our uncomfortable Which- meeting. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons why I assumed that if you were in either of the two bathrooms, you would have been in the one closer to your bag with the light that isn't screwed up, where you don't have to worry about the light going off. Like, I, if you give me the choice of the two, I know. I'm going in the one where I don't have to worry about the light going off. I don't know why so, I did yeah, that. I, thought, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know. just, yeah, it's like, well, yeah. Chris, you know. Chris well, now we know each other a little I'll bit go better. To the other one. <laughs> now well, we're best buddies. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything <laughs> other than your eyes. Other than your eyes. Like that. It's like, so. And I was like, up, up. And, uh, and yeah, that was that. That was and, a funny uh, moment. But for the fact, but for the fact that we do this show every morning, we probably never would have spoken of it again. But we definitely know each other better now. Tip to all you kids out there: when you go to the bathroom, lock, lock the, the door. door and be sure it's locked. Be sure it's locked. And yeah, they just need to. I guess there's nothing they can really do at this point. You know, one of the things that they've done at LaGuardia, which is very nice. Some of the bathrooms they have lights above. Yeah, let's say like red or green, green, exactly right. Or on the door itself, it says vacant or or, or, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's red or green. You don't have to like look down underneath and see if someone's in there. So anyway, uh, there's nothing. There's no. There's no indication. There's no sign. All the more, all the more reason, all the more critical in those two bathrooms to lock the door. Them. Lock, lock, lock the door. Right, lock the door. All right. Has the door been locked on the Philadelphia Eagles, or will it be Oof. locked on Nick Sirianni when he shows Oof. up for work today? Um, we're going to start with that game, even though it was 
it never felt like the Eagles had a chance. No, even right? Even when it was 16 to 9. Yes. It never felt like they had a chance. Yes, right. It's like it's just a matter of time before the dam breaks on this team. They they had that same vibe that we've seen in the back half of the season. And you and I both thought, even with the lethargy that we've detected from the Eagles, yeah. the fact that the Buccaneers were as lethargic the past couple of weeks, it would be enough to at least vault them Win through an the ugly next one. round yeah. and then right. see what happens. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I at one point I texted, I think, on, on the, the show thread, one team last night was playing like it wants to save its coach's job and the other team didn't give a crap. That's how I saw it. The Buccaneers just, they wanted to win that game. And they surely heard the noise and the doubts out there about whether or not Todd Bowles would be one and done with the reputation of the Glazers to go chasing big names. And there's plenty of big names out there. There, there, there had to be a sense of that. And they wanted to respond in a way that would make it clear that they don't want to have the turmoil, the uproar, and just the uncertainty of a coaching change. They went out and played hard for their coach. The other team didn't. And you watch that game, it becomes palpable that one team's there to win and the other team's there because they have to be and let's just get this over with and let's just go home. I'm yeah. surprised they fought back to make it 16-9 to because that vibe was there. Even when it was 16-9, to yeah. that vibe was well, there. Well, Tampa kept letting them hang in there, other- right? I mean, Tampa with yeah. the drop passes and stuff. Like, there was like, you were like, wait, Tampa, they're literally, like, to your point, they're they're waiting for you to, to step on their throat and end the football game. They're literally like, hey, here, we'll help you. We'll help you. And Tampa was kind of dropping the ball, to, to your point there. But, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, it's, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking because of what you're talking about. It's shocking because of the culture that we thought was built there in Philadelphia over the last few years, how dominant they were last year. It's the biggest collapse I can ever remember of a team of this caliber in my football life. Like a team that went to the Super Bowl, was the Super Bowl favorite, and was the better team on the field, lost that game, starts 10-1, and and then like totally does a 180 and starts to look like one of the worst teams in football over the last five or six weeks of the season. I mean, total disaster last night. Disaster. Yeah, they hung around there for a little bit, but like we said, it was because of the Bucs. I mean, defense, people running free, no intensity. The tackling is horrible. Nobody hustling to the ball. Offense, no imagination. And, I mean, no leadership. Does anybody say anything on the offense? Right. Embarrassing that a team will just blitz you with the same blitz the whole game, and the quarterback and the offensive coordinator can't fig- figure out how to combat it. Over nine on third downs against the 23rd defense in the NFL that hasn't been good in past defense the whole year, and you guys can't muster it up a little bit? It's one of the worst past defenses in football. I, I'm, I'm, you know, even as bad as it looked in December, I'm still shocked by the lack of intensity or care or whatever you want to call it. And I think you're referring to the same thing that you saw on the field from the Philadelphia Eagles last night. One of these teams that had the ultimate bravado and like, Hey, we're here, eat it. There's nothing you can do. And now they're the team that's on the field. And it's like, we can't do anything and we don't impose our will on anybody anymore. I mean, this is the microcosm of it all. If the tush push gets stopped, you know it's a bad night in Philadelphia. So, Mike, I, I can't even – I really am. 
Shocker of shockers. Never would have thought this would have happened to this team uh, at the end of this season. Horrible missed face mask, though, on that. Yeah, the grabbing of the helmet. Right, version right. attempt from one. That yep. was horrible. And I have a feeling the next play is going to be from the 14-yard line. Somehow Jalen Hurts ends up retreating all the way into the end zone. This, yeah. And draws How the does intentional that grounding. Right. I mean, that happens from the four, not from the 14. Exactly. So, I just have a feeling that there's a story to be told about how the Eagles' 2023 season went sideways. Something happened. I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Something happened that they've managed to keep under wraps for the balance of the season. There was a breaking point somewhere. To me, the easy thing to say is when they were 10-1 and and they got destroyed at home by the 49ers, yeah. a sense developed in the locker room that, you know what, it's, it's we're just not as not good as we think we are. Year. Right. We're, we, that we, we thought we were good. This team is better. This team that just beat us is the team we were last year. This is not our year. There's no path back to finishing the business that we could have finished last year and blew it against the Chiefs. It's just not happening. And they never got coached out of that rut. No, and then they got stamped and get, they got stomped on the next second. week, yeah. right? To where it almost like but, solidified but, that thought by the by the Cowboys dominating them too. And there's a point where it's on the coaching staff, beginning with the head coach, to understand what's going on for the folks under his charge, and to figure out how to snap them out of it. You know, the Cowboys snapped out of it after they lost 42-10 to the 49ers. It helped that the 49ers went on a three-game losing streak and seemed mortal, and then the Cowboys started to rise again, and just kind of like you forget about that really, really bad day at the office. For the 49ers and the Eagles, it happened so late in the season. The Eagles never got, never snapped out of it. The 49ers never dipped, and... Even though the Eagles wouldn't have gone to San Francisco if they had won last night, I just still think they recognized at some level that that, that doubt crept in, that resignation, not even doubt, just resignation, acceptance. This is it. This is, we're not going to go back. We're not going to go back and avenge what happened last year. It's just, not, it's just not in the cards. It's on the coach to know what's going on and find a way to coach it out of them. That's what a coach does. Yeah, it's not just agreed. X's and O's. It's yeah. understanding right. the mindset, the, the attitude yeah. of the right. of the men that are reporting to you and one at a time, collectively, individually, however you have to do it, getting them to snap out of it. They never snapped out of it, except on Christmas Day when they somehow beat the Giants, even though they screwed around and almost lost that right. one. One and six. Chris, think about this. One and six. Who else went one and six? The... The Vikings went one and six down the stretch with, you know, a revolving door of quarterbacks. Right. The Commanders lost eight in a row to end the season. The Panthers went one and six down the stretch. I'm surprised they won one of those games. The Chargers were one and six down the stretch with, you know, coach fired. All those other teams have circumstances or excuses or just not good enough. There's no reason why of all the teams in the playoffs – the Eagles should have been one and six. They had their starting quarterback. Yeah, they weren't that Sirianni banged up of a football again, we're team. We're going to play a sound. Right. They, they they had pretty much everyone last night except AJ Brown and Sidney Brown. Yeah. They had they 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 had they had no you know this stage of the season to be as healthy as they were. So that's not an excuse. They had no extenuating circumstance that would explain the collapse down the stretch of the regular season and to go to Tampa Bay and lose thirty-two to nine. No excuse. No. Other than they didn't get coached out of their rut by their head coach. And that's one of the reasons why there's so much 
focus now on whether or not the head coach is going to be back next year. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fair. When the expectations, the team's built that way, I, I understand it. Nobody responded to the coach, right? They never flipped it around. Of course, the way it looked last night, the way it looked the last two games of the regular season, right? The, the fact that there didn't seem like there was fire on the field from any of the players. I mean, anybody. I mean, nobody. I mean, Jalen Hurts just goes and sits on the sideline and sits on the bench. He doesn't say a word to anybody the whole game. Does nothing. I just, so that that is just not a good look. And, yeah, that is reflective of the head coach. They never had that bounce-back moment. They never got that moment of, like, okay, you know, here we go. We got something positive to build on, right? I, I think the Seahawks game, like, if they pull that out, maybe that gives them a little bit of a bump and rallies the troops. You talked about the Giants game on Christmas Eve, right? I think that was like, oh, hey, we won. We're off the schneid a little bit. But I do think, like, to what you said, it almost was like a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth still. Like, wait, wait, why did they hang around? Why was that game so close in the fourth quarter, right? So I don't think it gave them the stamp of approval like we're back. And then the next week was, like, solidified. Wait, wait, you're not back. And you got, in fact, you're not even good because Arizona's just going up and down the football field on you and, and dominating the football game. Other than a few mistakes they made, controlled the game. And, and then, of course, week 18, it snowballed there. So they never had that moment or that game I felt like that could, like you're kind of talking about with some of the other teams, that catapulted their energy and their belief back into a positive area. And they continued to go into self-doubt mode. And we saw it just snowball out of control to where, yeah, they took the field last night and they looked like a shell of their former self. Not even the same team. And it's shocking, like you said, because it's really just about all the same players uh, except for a few guys here and there. Certainly not a team that was decimated by injury. Tight end Dallas Goddard said at one point last week that he thought they coasted down the stretch in those final three games. And Nick Sirianni, when he was asked about it, of course he's not going to say, yeah, they coasted and I told them go ahead and coast. But it's on him to understand what that attitude is. Where are your guys? What do they need? Does somebody need to be chewed out? What do I need to do here? Do we need to go full pads? What do we need to do? What do I need to do to get them to snap out of it? And it's like the coaches got sucked into the quicksand too. You know, Nick Sirianni's demeanor was not great down the stretch. We talked previously about the hostage video press conference where he, I think he felt like a guy who had no answers, no idea, no strategy, no spark, no creativity, no anything for fixing this. Like, this is supposed to be easy, and now it's not, and I have no idea what to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How do I fix this? I don't know, and it's not a good look. And that's why, even though he's gone to the playoffs each of the last three years, three years on the job, three playoff appearances, objectively, you look at this and say, it's ludicrous to even have the conversation. How could this be? Well, it just is. And the fact that you go from Super Bowl and should have won it to 10-1 and one and complete and total collapse, something that, like you said, I can't remember something like this. No, no, right. And, and I think back to John Elway firing John Fox after the 2014 season, one year after they went to the Super Bowl. Right. One year later. Right. They go to the divisional round. Yeah. They lose at home to the Colts, and out goes John Fox. And the reasoning that John Elway gave at the time was – I would like us to go out kicking and screaming. He didn't get the sense that 
They were trying very hard. And remember the Demarius Thomas story. He told me that year at the Super Bowl on this show. There were guys that didn't want to go to New England the next week. They got their wish. So Elway wanted a little more fight in a single elimination game where it's win or go home. And you know what happened there? And this, you know, Jeff Lurie, I'm sure, is keenly aware of this. You know what happened next? He hires Gary Kubiak and they win the Super Bowl the next damn year. Yeah. The next year. Right. They bring in a new coach and they win the Super Bowl the next year. Yeah. So that's why it's not ludicrous to say, yeah, three straight playoffs for Sirianni in three years, but you got exposed this year with Shane Steichen gone and Brian Johnson's into the offensive coordinator. I mean, Troy Aikman last night was talking about how hard it is to replace the offensive coordinator. And it is, in theory, when your head coach is an offensive guy, it's not quite as difficult to keep it going, at least not in theory. And if it is, that means the guy who left is a lot more responsible for last year than the guy who stayed. Yeah, it, that, that's it's it's not a good look from from that standpoint right there. You're exactly right. I think that's where. I mean, listen, we know some of this stuff was not Nick Sirianni's fault. The D coordinator stuff and Vic Fangio staying and Gannon leaving and lost that. Okay, sure, we get that. Now. You know, how it was handled up to that point, though, throughout the season, the changing to Matt Patricia and going that route, taking away, you know, Sean Desai's power there. Uh, you know, that that was a bold move. Certainly something to try to shake things up. Yeah, okay. But, like, agreed that there was a personality trait or a demeanor that was missing about this football team or that they lost. They they had it for a while. That's what's, That's what I think is kind of shocking that way. And, and it's like, wait, they were tough and gritty and in your face in a Kansas city and Buffalo game where they were kind of outplayed, but found a way to fight through it and win the football game and believe. And then after that, it's like, they, they never recaptured that mojo ever again. And yeah, I think it is a worse look from the, from, you know, the viewpoint in which you're bringing is the, the offense. Okay. We know it's super talented. And for them to fall off a cliff the way they did and, and not have answers or be as creative. I mean, again, the, the talk of last night, I mean, I, I mean, Tampa just going to blitz every third down and just go, screw you. You guys don't even have a plan. You don't know where to throw the ball, Jalen Hurts. You know, you don't ever change the protection of the play. Nothing. So, yeah, we'll just keep blitzing. This is easy. That is back on Sirianni, too, and Jalen Hurts. And, yeah, he's an offensive play caller, and that's why you got the job. You know me, right? I complained about this stuff all the time. Wait, you got the job because you're a good play caller. And then you get the job, and you go, whoa, hey, I just want to be the head coach and walk around the sideline. Makes no sense. That's not a good look on Nick Sirianni. Certainly not. You know, and, and then the team being so talented on top of it is really the other part of it. You know, a lot like that Bronco team that's just like, there's no excuse. You talk to 31 other coaches in football, and they'll go, I'll, I'll take the Eagles offensive line. I'll, I'll take the Eagles duo at receiver. I'll take the Eagles tight end. I'll take the Eagles defensive line. You know, I mean, you go through their team, and they are elite at certain positions. That's where it's so I'll take weird. DeAndre Swift. Exactly. I'll take DeAndre the Swift. The other guys Whatever are really good, to too. I know. All of it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, let's hear from Nick Sirianni yeah. on both the collapse after starting 10-1 and one and the inevitable question of his own job security. Here it is. Oh, obviously, we, we were in a, in a big slide, and 
you know, uh, anytime, anytime that's the case, I always look at myself first, and I didn't do a good enough job. And, and obviously we lost five of the last six and lost today. Uh, and, and it's almost like you, you couldn't get out of the rut. We, we couldn't get out the rut we're in, and that's, and that's all of us. Uh, we'll all have to look ourselves in the mirror and, and accept that and, uh, you know, just find, find answers, find solutions. Uh, but obviously, you know, when you start 10-1, and one, um, you know, and then you and then you get into what what happened for us. Uh, obviously, that the expectations were high. Um, expectations were even higher when we started off ten and one, and we fell into a skid. So I look at everything. I look at, you know, obviously the play calling. I look at the, um, you know, the scheme. I look at, you know, practices. I look at uh, everything, ev- everything that we're doing. Are you concerned at all about your job status? Like I just said to, you know, like I just said over here. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the guys. Um, Again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. Um, I'm not worried about me. But did they? That's the question. That's the irony of his answer. It didn't look like anybody was putting their heart and soul into it last night. No. It didn't. No. I mean, let's, I didn't I mean, sense we anybody. Pull, right. Maybe Devontae Smith, right. who was determined to give absolutely everything they had no and doubt. then some there you go. the game. Right. That's the problem. Right. They just waved the white flag after they lost to the 49ers, and Nick Sirianni never came and grabbed it out of their hands and snapped it in two and told him, let's go. Forget about that game. Let's go. We still have all of our goals in front of us. We still can do this. And ultimately, it's on him. And I'm not saying he should or shouldn't be fired. I'm just saying, I mean, who's responsible for this? This goes back to... My assessment of the Packers in 2016, which resulted in the notorious Aaron Rodgers, don't listen to me and don't waste your time reading that crap. All the stuff that Rodgers was complaining about, it went all back to the, to the head coach of the team. It went all back to him. We don't have energy on the sideline during the game. Whose fault is that? There isn't a sense of urgency that if you don't do your job, you're going to lose your job. Who does that go back to? It all rolls up to the coach. And everything here in Philly, it all rolls up to the coach. And, and we know how it goes. You know, I, I, somebody has, yesterday was saying, well, it's very sensitive to talk about these matters because families are involved. And I understand that. But this is the industry. This is how it works. You work and you climb and you get to the top. And then once you're there, you're not given a lifetime contract. You're there as long as the owner wants you to be there. It could be a year. It could be 10, it could be 2, it could be 20, but it's a year-to-year proposition. And if you fail in this zero-sum game of NFL football where there's a winner and a loser to every game, there's a good team and a bad team, somebody's going to go. Somebody's out. It happens every year. We've already seen eight this year jobs open up. So if you're not getting it done, they're going to hold you accountable with your job. And it's hard not to feel, you know, you see Jeff Lurie last night? Yeah, I mean, I he, mean was like, he was, was like, he couldn't, even, he couldn't even get his blood boiling there. He was just he was, sitting there like, man, was, this is horrible. It was, it was a combination of he's resigned to what's happening, he's stupefied by it, yep. and he wants some butts yep. to go back to the old Top Gun line. He just right. had coffee on I his shirt, some butts. and I want some butts. Right. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. It, it, it's almost, I think he's sitting there shocked like how did it get to this point right here where I'm watching us and we're we're like ghosts out there and like you said it's just it's the 
It's the lack of uh, just liveliness in the football team. You could kind of see it in pregame. You certainly saw it early on in the football game right away to go, well, Tampa's playing harder than, than the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And then that's where, yeah, it is on the coach to be the leader, to figure something out, to kind of you know, restart your football team. Is it trick plays? Is it funny things you got to do in the meeting room? Is it competitive things you got to do in the team meetings? Whatever. You got to try to find that mojo or that magic again to kind of bring it together. And then also it's incumbent on the players to kind of train, try to try to change it around as well. Right. And that to me was the other odd thing watching the game last night. It was, uh, you know, AJ Brown is the guy that usually brings fire to that football team. Uh, that's the one thing you can say. Now, sometimes people don't like it because, oh, we're not sure about, you know, is it good or bad? But there's energy, and you can tell he's mad, he's pissed, he's happy, whatever, right? There was nobody on the field last night in Philadelphia that you felt like, really, I was like, does anybody care out here? I mean, like, even that play, there's touchdowns there, and people just tilt their head. There's no turning around like, what are you doing? I was talking to you this. This was the call. There's nothing from either side of the ball, and you know, that's the one thing we were led to believe. There's these great leaders on both sides of the ball. Jalen Hurts, I mean, we got the team telling me he's Tom Brady after the Buffalo Bills game. Uh, what? Like, no, negative Ghost Rider. Just a disaster from every standpoint from the Eagles. So when it's like that, even though it is ludicrous to sound like, wow, we're talking about Nick Sirianni's job, when it gets to that point with that type of team, that, 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 like you said, it's the nature of the business. It, it's it's the spotlight is going to go to the head coach, and people are going to dissect that, and the owner certainly is going to be one of those as well to go, wait, what happened? I gave all these resources, we're paying all this money, and how did the team fall apart like that? And he's going to look at the head coach too. Something happened with Jalen Hurts this year, and I don't know if it was the knee injury that they kept concealed almost comically. He puts a knee brace on during a game, and they never say boo about a knee injury on any injury report. It's like they didn't want to acknowledge it. Who knows what he fought through? He had the dislocated finger more recently. Who knows what forces he was fighting behind the scenes? But I look at the contrast between last year, what a great leader he was, and it's like this guy's going to be the heart and soul of this team for the next decade, if not longer, and to have it fall off this year. Something happened that caused him – I don't want to say check out affirmatively. I just think he got worn down to the point where any normal human being would just get worn down to the point where you got nothing left. And we, I, I texted you last night. You know, we always are watching. But that shouldn't happen, Mike. On. Mike, it shouldn't happen. Well, he's a $40 million a year a- quarterback. And his job, I would argue, out of all the quarterbacks in football, is one of the easier ones. He's got the best support system of everybody around him. That, that, that's we don't know where how I injured he was. Well, so that's where I we don't that, know what he fought through to uh, play. Okay, the injuries certainly. I get it. I get it. I hear you there. I know. Maybe he battled through some stuff. Certainly. And and it may be and it may be like last year. You know, he told me after one of their wins that the team was starting to take on his personality, and that it was getting there one week at a time, and it was a rare moment of candor for him because I think he gets it. I think he understands it. It might be that. And again. There will be stories to be told about what happened behind the scenes for the 2023 Eagles. They did a very good job of keeping it under wraps. Yeah. It's like they kept the knee injury under right. wraps. It could be that he just got to a point where he just decided, you know what? 
I keep trying and I keep trying and I'm out here playing through this knee injury. I'm trying to set the example for these guys and these guys aren't responding and this guy's saying this and this guy's doing that and who knows what else we don't know about and the head coach isn't doing a damn thing to pull it all together. I'm out. I'm done. We'll see you next year. Well, that's not good either. Nobody else would get that I've excuse either. I see, can. these are all excuses that nobody else gets in I'm football. Not, I'm just I know. But I'm just saying it. it's just not acceptable. I don't understand it either. Yeah. I think it's, There's, again, But a we little, can only take so yeah, much. Right. We can only take so much. Right. That's the point. We don't know. We all get our, to our breaking point. My point is, until we know what all he dealt with, it's impossible to know whether or not there's any blame to be put on him. Yeah. Because it's possible he dealt with far more crap than we know about. Until we know all the crap, it just feels to me. I mean, I've been following the NFL for 50 years. And we see all the ebbs and flows and the coming and the going and the good teams yeah. and the bad teams. It just feels to me that there's a lot of shit behind the curtain. Yeah, I hear you. That we don't know about. Yeah. And there may be enough that we could say, I'm surprised Jalen Hurts just didn't pack up his stuff and leave. I, I, I hear you. No, he definitely deal, dealt with some injuries. I get that. But, I mean, the way he was throwing the ball last night, the ball was coming out of his hands fine. He threw the ball fine. You know, he ripped off a big run. He was running fine. So he, I, I have a hard time sitting here and believing it's just all that. And all I'm saying, Mike, is all these things you're saying, nobody else gets the luxury of that in football. But for some reason, Jalen Hurts does. And that, that, that's what I don't understand either. I don't. I mean, again, if this was Josh Allen and the season fell apart this way, like, come on, come on. ESPN would have a, a nine specials today about how horrible he is and why did it fall apart all because of Josh Allen. Now the quarterback of the best team in football, and we make an excuse about everybody else. And that's where I'm, I'm not going to let it fly. I'm not. So I it, just, yeah, I'm I saying understand. We don't There's know. a lot there. We don't know what it. we don't know. I got he it. said that last week. Right. It was very specific. And I was on a radio show in Tampa, and they drew it out as a more general observation. It was in response to a specific question, but he did say in kind of a loaded way to the reporters, you don't know what you don't know. So maybe we're going to find out. And this is where, when it all falls apart, now that it has, and depending upon where it goes from here, and I expect at a minimum two new coordinators for the Eagles next year. And if yeah. you're going to do that, just Agreed. go ahead and just go. Just, just, just flush. Just flush. And uh, But, but let, let's hear a little from Jalen Hurts yesterday. He was asked a specific question after the game on whether or not he wants Nick Sirianni to be back as head coach of the team. Do you, want, do you want Nick back? Do you want Nick back? I didn't know he was going anywhere. Well, there's obviously a lot of questions about whether. I know. I didn't, I didn't know that. No, but you didn't know that. Nah. Where's, where's the confidence team? level in him then to, to fix this team? I have everybody. I have a ton of confidence in um in everyone in this building. Um, it's just a matter of us going out there and playing clean football, and that's been something that we have not done. You know. Not exactly the kind of endorsement you'd want from your starting quarterback at a point where the owner may be thinking about what to do with the head coach. Not the kind of full-throated, are you crazy to even raise that? Have you not seen this team the last three years? We've been to the playoffs the last three years. How can you even raise that question? How can anybody out there, Eagles fans, how can anybody out there be entertaining this possibility? That was his chance to stump for his head coach. That was not. That was not an endorsement of his head coach. And he used that word confidence, Chris, before I forget. There was some more in Sirianni's press conference. He was asked how you're going to fix this. And he retreated to that cliche, well, we just have confidence we will. You know, I've, I've, I know from working my butt off to get to the top of the profession, I've got confidence. You have to have confidence. Well, you got to have a plan at some point. 
confidence. I'm sure you had. Are you saying you didn't have confidence this year? Surely you had confidence when the wheels came off. So what's the saying from the office from Vikram? He's in the back seat of Michael Scott's PT Cruiser. And Michael Scott goes in to try to recruit Ryan to leave the bowling alley to come help sell paper for the Michael Scott Paper Company. And Vikram makes the observation to Pam, confidence. It is the food of the wise man and the liquor of the fool. You can't just say, I'm going to be confident. You got to have a plan. You got to have a purpose. If you confidently step on a rake, you're still stepping on a rake. You can have all the confidence in the world. But you got to have ability. you got to have a plan. That confidence has to be put in action. And to hear Nick Sirianni say, I'm confident I'm going to be, that's his plan. I'm confident. You better have a better plan than I'm confident. Yeah, I, I hear you there. You know, you know, hopefully it means I'm confident and we'll figure it out because we've figured it out before. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, I think he's a guy that blocks out a lot of that noise a little bit and probably was a little surprised to hear, like, wait, Nick Sirianni's job's on the line and, you know, I, I, so I, I'm not shocked by that response, and I don't think he's one to come out. How and do does that. that not get into the? How? How? I know. How does he well, not I don't know. know. I don't know. I would how think he, he would hear. Know? How does the locker room enough? not know? Right. Yeah, I, I hear you. I would think. I would think he knows a little to know. Like, man, Lane he, Johnson knew, but he Lane might, Johnson's well aware. Of he it. might just be thinking, man, they're questioning all of us, and I don't know what the hell to believe. And you can kind of be in that little mode as a quarterback, and not exactly like you know look at the the splash reports on the weekend and know those type of details sometimes when you're playing. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But, yeah, you would think he could read the room and everybody there to read the room to go, wait, this is crazy what's happened to us. And even though we went to the Super Bowl last year, this is bad enough for, like, the owner to think, like, wait, wait do we need to make a change? So, yeah, they got to go back to the drawing board in a big way. They really do. They kind of relied a little too much this year you know, one of my old sayings, in my opinion, just the Jimmys and the Joes and not enough X's and the O's. They kind of, I think, went into the year going, yeah, okay, we got coordinator problems, whatever. We'll figure it out, but we're so good. We'll just make it happen, and we'll physically just be better than everybody else. And as we know, teams went through the year, and they started to accumulate. Oh, wait, we could defend this this way. We could defend that that way. And it's a copycat league. And once a few teams kind of put it out there, like, hey, this is how you slow down some of their stuff, there was no answer anymore. And I don't care how good you are, right? I don't care your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and, and A.J. Brown, and everybody. When it starts to get to a point where the other team has a really good feel for what you're doing all the time, I, you can't just go, oh, this is the NFL, we're better than you, and we're just going to beat you even though you know what we're doing. That ain't going to happen, and I think there was a little of that too, and that's where they definitely got to go back to the drawing board. Well, but see, that's the point. Have you earned the right to go back to the drawing board yeah. when you failed week after week to put that confidence in motion, that confidence that you're so proud of was part of the one in six collapse down the stretch. And this idea... And I don't know what it is. Is it fatigue from last year? Is it complacency? Is it hubris? There is some of that. I noticed some of that from Sirianni from time to time. Remember they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. They acted like they won the Super Bowl. Yelling at the fans right? coming out of the Yelling tunnel. Yelling at the Chiefs right. fans. Telling I mean, them to shut on, up. Man. See you come later. On, right. Yeah. 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 Right. There's plenty, there's plenty of people that are tying the two together. And well, maybe – Maybe yeah. they would maybe maybe it is that this is just a highly talented team 
And last year, with Shane Steichen and with Jonathan Gannon, it was enough that the X's and O's up until the very end, remember the whole thing of they don't really know what to do when someone goes in motion and then turns around and goes the other way. And twice in the Super Bowl, they got no answer for that. They had answer for everything else. Chris, I just, you know, the way you're laying it out to me, if I was the owner of the team, I'd get a new coach because I've got the team. I've got the Jimmys and the Joes. All I need is somebody to come in and take care of the X's and the O's. I got somebody who's flying this plane on autopilot and, and wondering what, what went wrong when it flies right into a storm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think that's a, a pretty good analogy. Here, here, here's one of the most concerning things to me of the year, and, and we, we hit on this a little bit, but I still think within the, you know, bylaws – you know, the, 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 the bylaws of the NFL and, and what you do and how you act and the, and the command chain and all that, to me, is still the biggest moment of the year to go, wait, something's weird. And that is still the end of the Seattle Seahawks game. A.J. Brown referred to it, I think, two weeks ago, how they changed the play at the end of the football game where Jalen Hurts threw the interception and they decided to take a shot. Okay, that to me is weird. All right, that's weird. I, in my, like, even if I was the man in Tampa Bay and a big moment like that would never change the play on John Gruden in that moment and go, you know what? Screw John Gruden. He don't know what he's talking about. Hey, Joey Galloway, let's run the out and up here and do what we want. No way Tom Brady ever does that to Bill Belichick or or Josh McDaniels, there it's 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 trust in the plan, and you could go through any great quarterback ever. Joe Montana certainly wasn't like, hey, Bill Walsh, let me, we got it, don't worry, we're gonna call our own play here. That my in itself is weird in the command center of the NFL, and that was my first warning of like, damn, they can just do whatever the hell they want in the biggest moment of the game. That that is that is odd. That does not go on with with all football teams. Well, and I think it's why Sirianni stuck up for him too, because he sticks up for them. Because makes him it, look bad. It, it looks look bad. like exactly. It looks like you got no control, and so that's not good. So let me stick up for them instead of making it look like I got no control over my football team. And uh, that was, I think, would probably be part of the logic of uh, why he didn't share that information with us. You know, right off the bat. I look at it this way. And I think back to the days when I had to worry about what a jury is going to do. The, the, the key phrase you hear all the time is, based upon the evidence that's been submitted, reasonable minds may differ. That there's enough there that you can go one way or you can go this way. Well, especially with Bill Belichick there. hovering, right? And, right, right. So if you're, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, there's more than enough evidence for you to justify making a change. And I would say... There's a lot more evidence to justify making a change than not making a change. It's not a blowout. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt like it would be in a criminal case. I wouldn't convict. But if it's a civil case, when it's a lower standard, there's more than enough to tip the scales in favor of making a change. And it's very easy if you're Jeffrey Lurie and you have – and, of course, this depends upon the influence of the people who are advising him. But there's a lot that you can point to and say, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. we got to make a change, and Bill Belichick is out there. And if I don't make my move, Jerry Jones might. That's This is freaking Shakespearean 
We've never experienced something like this where you have one of the greatest coaches of all time. Some would say greatest. Some would say top two. Some would say top three. There'll be some rogue out there trying to make the argument he was never all that good anyway. Mm-hmm. He's pretty damn good. And one of the reasons the Patriots weren't so sure that it was the right thing to do is because he's an excellent game day coach. He's an excellent preparer of the X's and O's. You give him the players, he'll take them, and he'll get them ready to go out and win games. Even on days when they clearly aren't the better team, they'll go (laughs) win the game. He's available. And you got two arch rivals, Cowboys and the Eagles, who are currently in a spot where they're figuring out, do we have a guy that's really going to take this great team that we've put together as far as we want to go? Maybe we don't. Oh, Bill Belichick's out there. Oh, wait, there's only one Bill Belichick. I better go get him. No, wait, he's going to go get him. I mean, this could play. I always root for a great story, man. This could play out in an amazing way to the benefit of Bill Belichick. Well, he gets to pick one of the other. Lurie and Jeffrey, Lurie and Jerry Jones are, you know, they're, they're going back and forth and negotiating with Belichick. He's going to come away with a $50 million a year contract. Unbelievable. (laughs) It is. And I got to apologize now. I got to apologize now to all the Buccaneers. You better. That's damn right. You better. You better apologize to my Buccaneers brethren. You better. You deserve it. You host the show. Let's go get on the Bucs. They're they're going to the divisional round. You you jerk. (laughs) <laughs> I I have look, I've been from time to time all year long saying we need to be giving the Buccaneers more yeah. attention. We yeah. need to be understanding what they're doing. Right. Baker Mayfield was unfairly overlooked and ignored and he only got a one year four million dollar deal. They kind of fell off late, which is what caused us to go with the better team. The better collection of players we thought was the Eagles. But the Buccaneers Led by Baker Mayfield. Yeah, still have some fight and, and some fight. A defense that them. stepped up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they they played great last night. Better than I thought they would based upon how they played against the Panthers and how they played against the Saints a week before. They kind of coasted down the stretch, but then they woke up. And they woke up in a big way. Will it be enough to beat the Lions on Sunday night? I don't know. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have their coach. They have their quarterback. They better pay him. Because if they don't, someone else will. This is what I talk about all the time. When you play into January and all the other teams are home, or at least most of them are home, and they're watching these games, you see Baker Mayfield last night, and this guy's due to become a free agent. Damn right Tampa Bay better get this taken care of. And I'm confident they will, and I think he wants to stay. He told me after one of their wins, I'd love to stay. I can't imagine him developing a wandering eye. He's going to be even more committed to sticking around because it, it it deepens and strengthens the bond that he feels to the team and to right, the city. Right. And it's a great story. He's following Tom Brady. They went farther in the first year post Brady than they did in Brady's last year. Chew on that, Tommy. Without you, they did better than they did with you. I'm not taking shots here. It's no. just it's an objective. Hey, Tommy fact. and Aaron. Tommy they and Aaron learned farther. that lesson this year. They went farther. Yeah, both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Their teams did better without them than they did in the last year with them. And Baker Mayfield, I can't remember. I, I mean, we're not supposed to talk about our AP ballots. I think the betting is closed, though. I think all the – Pete told me last week that you can't make those bets anymore, so who cares right. who voted for who? I guess they don't want all the – if all the voters come out and say who they voted for, then we know who won the awards. Right. But, Baker Mayfield should have been in serious consideration for comeback player of the year. Yeah. And, you know, he had great 2018. 2019 was a crap show in Cleveland, and he regressed. Bad coaching there. 2020, he, he was great. 
They gave the Chiefs a real scare in the divisional round. 2021, he injured his shoulder second week. That's a lost year. Last year, was a, did, the Browns kept him for too long. He went to the Panthers. The Panthers were a mess. Yeah, they screwed him. He's shown us, he's shown us what he's been all along. He stays healthy. Yep. He can, he can play at a high level. And kudos to the Bucks. And after what we saw, clearly the better team to go play the Lions is the Buccaneers. Definitely. The Eagles weren't ready to do anything. No. Buccaneers-Lions, an old NFC Central matchup. It'll be fun. We'll be there for it on Sunday, and it'll be fun. It's going to take a lot to go to Detroit and win, but the, the, the confidence, the real confidence that we saw last night from the Buccaneers, who knows what will happen on Sunday. No, I, I, I agree. You know, And, and I'll, I'll say this, too. They match up all right with Detroit. That that's another thing here. You know, they, they played each other early in the year. It was twenty to six, but they, you know, it was an interception inside the five yard line that was a tip pass by Baker Mayfield that led to like a six or seven yard touchdown drive for the Lions. They did not. They had a hard time moving the ball. Again, Detroit. We know it starts with their big running game. The one thing that the Bucks can do is they can stop the running game a little bit. Right, so that'll be be interesting to see, and then of course we know Detroit. You know, if you could throw the ball, then you can move the ball in Detroit. And Tampa, by all due accounts of what we saw last night and what we saw for the the better part of the last half of the season, they can throw the football. Those guys are dangerous. They can protect the passer a little bit. So I certainly don't expect like oh Detroit to just dominate the 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 efforts here on Sunday. I think this is one where, yeah, Tampa matches up pretty well with this football team. So we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, you said it right. I mean, what they've done with Baker Mayfield and what they got going there, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty unbelievable story. Lose Tom Brady, $4 million quarterback, $80 million in the hole in the salary cap, a lot of young football players, right? Certainly went through a stretch during the year where you could have gone, well, they could pack it up and – you know, they started off strong, then they hit this lull, and you were like, well, okay, they're just not that good. They kind of fight back under Todd Bowles, end strong, win a playoff game. Uh, it really is incredible. It is. And, and a, re- a great showing last night by them. It was. They wanted to play. They wanted to be there. The stadium had a lot of electricity in it, and Baker Mayfield threw the ball awesome. His stats should have been, I mean, you, I don't know, you tell me. His stats probably should have been an extra hundred and something yards, right? I mean, Mike Evans dropped at least two balls that were probably in total worth 70-something yards, and he had two or three other drops that I think go for another 70 yards. So uh, really, really happy for Baker Mayfield and the, and the spot he's carved out for himself there in Tampa Bay. Fun to watch, fun to watch, resilient, never gave up, bet on himself. The bet last year, he gave up like $4 million to make the trade happen to the Panthers this year. He's going to make it back on the back end. Plus, he's making money in incentives. I think with each playoff, yeah, he gets right. more money. Him too. and Jordan Love are They're cashing in right now. It's 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 fun to watch. It's fun to watch young quarterbacks who are kind of filling the void of some sketchy quarterback play from time to time. Real quick, you saw at the end of the game, Jason Kelsey, the Eagles center, crying, mm-hmm. emotional after the game. Reporters went to talk to him. He said, not today. He has reportedly told teammates that he will be retiring. Not a shock because it feels like the past couple of years he's been year to year thinking about it. Will I come back? Won't I come back? So he's retiring. And Chris, I have a feeling, and I have I know nothing in this regard, but he made that visit to the Amazon booth this past year. Yeah. 
I, I will not be surprised if uh-huh. they wedge him into the booth, and it's going to take a big uh-huh. shoehorn. Yeah. Wedge him in there with Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels, and it's going to invigorate Al. Al was as happy as he's been all year. When Jason, when Jason Kelsey, Kelsey was there. Was Agreed. The that night. Agreed. I, I mean, I, th- I, I think I said it at the time. That's what it felt like. Uh, those were some of the rumors I heard within the industry that that was happening. And I believe, like, uh, Al had like a Freudian slip anyways when he was in there and was like, well, this is a good tryout. You know, like he literally said something like that towards the end, like basically telling everybody we're, we're trying this guy out for next year. Uh, he'll be awesome at whatever he does. I mean, of course, a hall of famer, one of the greatest centers of our generation, right. And, uh, a great personality understands the game. People will be sad to see him go. It really was. And, and let's not forget. The focal point of the Tush Push. The Tush Push was capable, yeah, because they got a lot of big, awesome dudes. We know that. But it started with Jason Kelsey and the fact that he could snap the ball and get lower than everybody else. And that was the key to last night. I don't know if we have a tape of the Tush Push again, but I thought Troy did a really good job. It was the first time, and I think I texted you, right, as they went to commercial. I was like, it was the first time I saw somebody beat them to the punch and get lower. It was like the ball snapped, and 96, when I'm getting underneath Jason Kelsey, I don't care about anything else, I'm going to get underneath him so they can't start the momentum. And it was the best we saw anybody defend the tush push off that yet. But uh, there it is. Uh, but either way, this play that's so famous around football is be- is what it is because of, of Jason Kelsey and, and how awesome of a football and, and player it, he is. It, 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 also, it also helps when you pull the quarterback away from the goal line with his face mask. That's another effective mechanism for keeping the quarterback from scoring. It is amazing to me that he got – and this is a, this goes back to are we going to embrace technology, are we going to rely on the eye in the sky. That's something that we all saw at home and that the people out there in the striped shirts didn't see. That's inexcusable when millions see it and the seven with the authority to throw the flag, none of them do. That's That's bad. And that's why they need to overhaul officiating. Just one of the many reasons why. Let's take a break. We'll pivot to, I know there's plenty of patient Bills fans out there, or impatient as the case may be. We're going to break down Bills Steelers when PFT Live continues right after this. 